Hello and welcome to another episode of Sideline Sketch. We are back to talk about all things football. It's been a slow week. There's nothing really to talk about. Um, I guess there was the game between Manchester United versus Burnley. That was interesting. Newcastle versus West Ham, where Steve Bruce and David Moyes were laughing about having fun before the game. And I'm joined to talk about all those things and nothing else by Swansea supporter Nathan Greenaway. Nathan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. My conscience is clear. My team is great. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing has changed. So, um... Yep. I mean, uh, before you get too high and mighty... Uh, hmm. I mean, do we want to delve into your business dealings in guitar? Nah, nah, or... that's not. Nah, no? Nah, that's fine. Should we do that on a different podcast? Yes, yeah. other things to okay. talk about, like West Ham, Newcastle. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting week. Well, yesterday it was announced that the European Super League, which was always talked about, is actually something that's going to materialize. It, it felt very official yesterday with the teams coming out with statements and stuff. There are 12 teams. I'm sure most people are aware. It's the founding clubs, as they call them. It's going to be AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester City, your beloved Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Tottenham Hotspur. Elite, you know, the elite, elite clubs, you know, who have won so many trophies, like Tottenham, you know. So, yeah, what, I mean, where do you even start? So what was your initial reaction to the news breaking up? Uh, it's not really a surprise at this point because, like, they'd already tried this just domestically in the UK not long ago. Right. And... Uh, we we also need to stress this isn't this is the owners of these clubs that are pushing this, yeah, and have decided to use use the clubs to try and gain leverage over UEFA, and uh, the point is that they just they want more money. A lot of them, especially in Spain and Italy, are teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not that's not a surprise to anybody, and that's uh, Florentino Perez has even basically said that i said that real madrid are going bankrupt so they need more money uh as far as the english clubs are concerned there's not really any that worry there so you're not really sure why they're doing that until you kind of look at who's in charge of those clubs and it's just kind of money grabbers and so it's not really a massive surprise i think the surprise was more how aggressive they went about it is that they kind of just sidelined everybody with it Mm mm-hmm uh, but there's been talks of European Super League forever. Uh, ever since kind of the Premier League came about in '92, there's been talks of doing it, of trying to do it. And yeah, it's not really a surprise. Everyone knows what football is at this point. And yeah, like it's just it's just horrible money grabbers looking to make more money out of everybody else. Yeah, but again, when you listen to like people on Sky, like Gary Neville, rant about it. And what he's saying is, you know, true. Like, some there's truth to what he's saying. 
but again, Sky Sports has their you know investment in the current system. It's all basically a power play, and it's all rooted in money. We all know that there is no term like integrity in football anymore. Like yes, you have a current system, but it exists because it favors the people at the top. It's just that now the people that were aiding that now want their lion's share. They want to be the ones who control the entire thing. So from their perspective, that's their mindset. That we are the ones who are getting the revenue anyways. So we're just going to separate away and start our own thing. Yeah, kind of, but it's more that they're just not, they don't feel like they're getting enough revenue. Like there's people like Manchester United, or they're on the stock exchange. Like that's what the owners, the Glazers care about is what's that stock price doing. And that stock price went through the roof yesterday. Yeah, even uh, even Juventus, what, what, like they went up like 13%. Yeah, and Juve, for Juventus, that's a huge deal because they're struggling really badly yeah. um, in terms of money. And like, yeah, you had Perez again saying that Real Madrid are going bankrupt. Like Barcelona, everybody knows are going bankrupt. Inter Milan, their owners just had to shut down loads of their business dealings uh, because they're struggling as well. I don't think AC Milan are struggling. Uh, I think their owners are pretty pretty fine. But yeah, it's it's not about football. It's not about the sport itself. It's about how can they, they make more money. And to do that, they're just going to break everything. Like they've not done this in a nice way. They've done this in a sneaky, snake-like way, as the uh, UEFA chairman put it. Yeah. Is that they've just they've just sidelined everybody. They've lied about it. They lied to him about doing it. He said that Ed Woodward was on the f- phone to him last week saying he supported the Champions League reform, asked a couple of questions about financial fair play, and but now we know that they'd already signed this. And they were just going to do it as, in a way that causes maximum uproar. And it's just it's it's broken it's broken football. We had Leeds v Liverpool last night. There was good implications on it for for Liverpool, but by the time the match has got has come round, it might as well have been a friendly. It was pointless. There's absolutely no need for that match to happen last night. Leeds aren't getting getting relegated. Liverpool, it doesn't fucking matter if they get top four. <laughs> like it, it's literally it's just ripped everything away from football. All that hard work that the players put in against Burnley at at the weekend for Manchester United, like getting the getting the win, put going ten points clear of Leicester. And it now it doesn't matter. Like we're not gonna win the league, so a bar an absolute miracle. <laughs> like so why what's the point? What's the point of us being second? Yeah. It's but then again, that exists without the Super League anyways. Like, find what's second for you anyways. You know? Well, it qualifies you for a competition that we're not going to be in. All oh, right, you meant it that way, okay. Fair. Yeah, I meant the way football works. Right, right. Um, <laughs> That's Rahul just forgetting that top four is Champions no. League. He's forgetting that Champions <laughs> League exists. Buying her no, out I of it so he forget it exists. No, that wasn't the low blow, man. Low blow. Uh, that, that wasn't my point. My point was like, sec, you were in the top four anyways. Like, you're not losing that. Yeah, but my point is, it, does, it doesn't matter. Why yeah, be in fair. the top four? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the season, 
is completely irrelevant now. Like, other than Man City, they'll probably, again, bar a miracle, they'll get to lift the trophy. Leicester in third are the only side that matter. Unless West Ham get... Like, West Ham are fourth at the minute, but they lost at the weekend, so Chelsea have a game in hand. If it's City, United, Leicester and Chelsea as the top four, only one of those sides got anything from it in terms of European football. And that's that's the thing that's going to happen from now on. Like, Inter Milan, AC Milan and Juventus are usually at the top of Serie A. Like, at the moment, with Atalanta kind of floating around there like so who what happens to the Champions League they just they've just broken everything mm-hmm. like none of it none of it it just doesn't feel like any of it matters to them and that's the point whereas it matters to people there if there's not enough money in the Champions League and your league for you like so that speaks volumes about how you've run your business like Major. and football clubs are businesses like they ha they do have to make money and that's not from a greed standpoint, but there's a lot of people that work for those football clubs outside of the players. There's a lot of staff there that rely on the income from the football clubs that are working in the offices, that work on the training pitches and everything like that. So they do have to have money coming in at some point. But like you look at Barcelona, you look at the amount of revenue they must have generated over over the years. My dog is furious about this. Um and you just go well hang on sorry you you threw away all your money on philip coutinho (laughs) and people like that you've made absolutely catastrophic decisions so now you've gone oh well we're just going to go somewhere else and get more money i don't trust i wouldn't trust barcelona with 50p they found on the street like what (laughs) are they going to do with this 300 million quid like and then that won't be enough at some point and then it then they'll want more and like it has to end at some point yeah and for a lot of these people like if the glazers don't have enough money from manchester united you're never going to be happy with anything yeah major there's billions on billions of pounds coming into that club every single year they take their dividends from the club everybody knows that that they're not they're not good owners but the club is so financially rich that it doesn't generally it doesn't really affect us like, what what do you want? Like, what do these people actually want? What does Stan Kroenke want? What does Daniel Levy want? Because is this going to be enough for them? Or are they just going to drive things further and further up? Like, transfer fees and everything like that have gone so far through the roof that this was the inevitable end. Was that people were going to need more revenue to keep up with, well, what what was the reported deal? It was like the deal for Haaland on a five-year deal was going to cost about half a billion pounds in total. Like, this is just the direction that football's gone in at that level. But again, as you pointed out, it was a good point that let's not kid ourselves. These clubs have massive amounts of money that they have invested. They have spent a lot of money on players. They have done that. But those signings have not always worked out. So, them saying that we need more money. No, you need to buy better players. You need to do better business. You know, there's a big difference there. Like, you know? I think outside of, outside of England, like, the one point you can make, and it is a point that Perez did make that wow. is actually genuine, is that outside of England, TV revenue is going down. 
But that's not where all all their money's coming from. Syria. Like you go to. But it is. It it has been at the moment because there's no fans in the stadium. No, but no. Okay, one second. You listen. You talk about Real Madrid. You talk about Barcelona. You're telling me that their money comes just from the ticket sales and TV revenue. Well, a lot of their money will come from the TV rights. Like TV rights are worth huge, huge business. That's the same across all of entertainment and all of sports. That TV license fees. Have went insane, but the fact is that less people like, and he he is right in that less people have been watching, and a lot of that is to do with the pandemic because football's less interesting when there's no fans in the stadium. But so there is that point there, but it doesn't take away from the point that this is just a lot of it's just greed. It's just greed, yeah. and from some of Real Madrid and Barcelona's point of view in particular, is that they've seen the writing on the wall for the club, which is that the club is slowly going down the toilet. So they had to do; they they're doing something drastic at this point, and it, it's just taken away kind of everything of what football's supposed to be, which is that it's meant to be competition, it's meant to be fair. So as Bielsa said, like the small guys can beat the big guys. Um in football but like to just make a closed a closed shop franchise system just for the rich boys is just it's just a load of garbage but like even if i try to look at this from their perspective like even if i try and make sense of it apart from the money like what is the image that they're trying to attain is it the fact that they're the elite it's the fact that these are the best clubs and that's our brand value. Because, let make no mistake, why would Arsenal or Spurs want to be in there? Because they're not going to win anything. Fine, money is a factor, I get that. But I think somewhere there must be this affinity to the American system where they want to be seen as the elite, where they want to be seen as the top dogs. I'm sure that that plays some... Some role in this decision. They've they've not been invited just on on history. Granted, there's a lot of history in all of those clubs apart from Man City. Um, but it, it's that they've they're big brands, and they've got big worldwide appeal. And people laugh at Spurs in particular being in there, but globally they are a, a huge club. Yeah. But it's that thing. They're not a huge successful sporting side. They're a huge brand exactly and i think that's a word that we're probably going to hear more and more from these charlatans is that (laughs) these these badges that they put up there that mean a lot to so many people it's a logo to them it's a brand name it's it's your oh let's take it it's yeah it's the miami dolphins it's whatever they're a franchise it's not a sports team to those people like dolphins are dolphins it's a sports team when they go out there on the on the pitch and yeah. it'll be a sports team to the fans so to the legacy fans i should say um but it, it's a brand to them it's it's a label on a sports bottle that someone pays five pounds for like and they'll redesign it like that horrific inter milan logo <laughs> that thing is disgusting so bad and i think that's that's what it's become and that's what it's always been to the Glazers and to the Liverpool owners, or kind of, was it FSC, F, FSG Group yeah. or whatever they're called? Yeah. And 
like it's they've never it's never been a sports they've never been running a sports club and now they're just looking to to suck as much money in whatever these brands can be worth to them yeah yeah it's tough you have these clubs that have basically announced that they are the here's the thing it's also very disrespectful to the teams themselves right like you look at Manchester United they are synonymous with the Premier League like you can't think of the Premier League without thinking about either Liverpool or Arsenal or Manchester United you know that, that just doesn't happen and that matters a lot when you go back to the history of the club the culture of the clubs you've just sold it away like fine even if this doesn't go through even if there's some sort of compromise that you still stay in the league or whatever but the fact that you're the clubs like Manchester United are one of the leading clubs like they are the ones who are running this conversation it it kind of feels very disrespectful to their own culture and their own history well it's the same it's the same for for all the clubs yeah, really and yeah it's not it's not it, it's going to hurt the clubs on the pitch in terms of like the the domestic fans and who knows if this super league does happen it's probably going to be very successful with other people around the world or whatever but to the fans that are already there yeah it takes away it takes away meaning and one thing it's it's so unfair on all the clubs players and the managers and the people that actually have to step in front of the the camera to Jurgen Klopp's last night to probably Oli, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer when he has to do a press conference to, to all of them to whoever's in charge of Spurs at the moment I think it's Ryan Mason yeah um, until the end of the season they're the ones that are going to be in front of the camera actually having to answer these questions and they weren't consulted on this the players weren't consulted on this they weren't asked oh guys we're thinking of signing up to this new competition are you happy with this no they've just been told they found out when everyone else found out according to Klopp and they've and like Joel Glazer and Edward Wood aren't going to get in front of a camera because they're they're fucking cowards, and they know that they'll get ripped, they'll get torn to shreds if they have to stand in front of any of a journalist. But they're discounting their money, and as I said, like Daniel Levy's not going to get in front of a camera. I'll be absolutely amazed if he does. I'll be stunned even, and even if he does, it'll be some pre-recorded nonsense that probably took him nine takes to get through because he not even he can read out this bullshit. <laughs> Without breaking down, um, but they're gonna make they're gonna make like Solshire and everyone else answer these hard questions, and he's gonna stand there. He wasn't consulted on this, yeah. And hope hopefully they'll all give their honest opinion of it, like like Klopp did, like James Milner did last night, um, as well. And they'll just say this isn't good for football because it's not. It takes away the competition. You've got twenty teams in that Premier League. And now only 16 of them are vying for those European spots. 14. Like, what? what's the point? Why should Manchester United be allowed to go away to play at Ellen Road next season In when and we'll be sat in one of the Champions League spots? Yeah. Like, what happens to that? Like, it's, 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 it's disrespectful. It's disgusting. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah, I'm sure everyone agrees. I'm sure like there is a unanimous feeling of disapproval for the system. 
again, there is no relegation. There, there, there are no stakes to this. It's just, I, I read this yesterday. It's just content. It's just there. There's nothing about yeah. it. There's no heart. It's just like, why can't, why can't they band together and all come up with a giant preseason competition? Everyone would absolutely love that. that and the ar- argument is that people won't pay as much money to watch it. But I don't think anyone worth their salt is going to pay much money to watch this anyway. Because it is a giant friendly competition. Like, it's, it's nothing more than like the Intertoto uh, Cup. Like, that's all it is. It's just, it's just a, load of, it's a load of big sides going out there. It's a load of rich people sat in a room looking around and going yes we are rich <laughs> yeah like what should we do now and yeah like, and when you make new competitions and changing changing sport and evolving sport is on the surface a good thing you can't really you can't just sit still all the time and just rely on on what's worked and some things like a league format does work so there are exceptions to it but you do also need to keep evolving and keep changing things. So having fresh ideas, I don't think anyone's against that. But there's ways of going about it and just snaking around and banding together with all your rich pals and just going, oh, let's just let's just tear up the season before it ends. Like it's just it's just rude, isn't it? That's just not how people should behave. Yeah. Especially when you don't even consult anyone. Yeah, that's true. So. Okay, one more thing. What do you think of what Florentino Perez has said? Like, let's be honest, that was, for the lack of a better term, a bunch of bullshit. Like, it was just a car, it was a car crash. And <laughs> it was a guy, like, first off, like, at least he has the balls to stand up in front of people and actually speak about this. As I said, you're not going to get you're not going to get many of these people. They're going to hide behind the managers and the people that have to speak to the press. But yeah, to go out there and just basically, he just sounds like a desperate man. He knows that Real Madrid are struggling financially. He knows they're drifting to a place that they're not going to come back to, and he's just trying to spin this in any way that makes it sound like a good idea because he needs the money. Yeah. And the club, unfortunately, the club Real Madrid, who need the money as well. And just basically, all he went out there was just saying, well, the Champions League isn't worth enough. We can't survive on the Champions League. Uh, so we need to do our own thing. Because, or we're going to die. And again, it comes back to it. You've run your business into the ground. Like, stop trying to take everyone down with you. Yeah. It's very selfish. You just got to admit it. You got to scale back. You've got to admit defeat a bit. And yeah, it is just selfish. But that's what that's what these people could do. like Real Madrid and Barcelona, for example, and to a lesser extent Juventus and Inter Milan. Like as I said, we know they're in they're in bad situations. And I think what's happened is that Perez and Ed Woodward and Joel Glazer, who were the ringleaders allegedly, um have just taken advantage of that fact mm-hmm. and like they're just they're all just snakes aren't they yeah it's tough it's very tough um, one thing that uh, Perez said was 
to attract like a younger audience, they should shorten the matches. Yeah. What? I don't understand. I don't understand it. This is what I mean. It just sounds like a friendly competition. Like having doing 60 minute matches in a friendly setup during the summer probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Like, and there are shorter versions of sport that have worked. Tennis have been trialing it for a little bit um, of trying to make matches shorter and more dramatic. Cricket does it incredibly well with the T20, mm-hmm. uh, which is super successful. See, yeah, this is what I don't get. It just sounds like a friendly. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like a different thing altogether. Because they're saying, "Oh, there's going to be no, there's going to be less dead matches," and you're like, "Okay, well." No, because they're all that much. There's, there's twenty matches in this in this setup or whatever, isn't there? No, there's gonna be fifteen home and away. Yeah. So twenty eight matches for everyone. So what happens if there's a runaway leader? Then there's gonna be loads of dead matches. No, but ultimately there is there's one winner and there's nothing else. There's no promotion. There's no yeah, Champions there's nothing League. Nothing else. There's no relegation. All, it's all a deadly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you go out there and, like, let's use Arsenal, for example, because they suck. Let's say they're bottom, they're bottom of, the, of this European Super League. So all their matches are going to be dead matches. Yeah. Let's say they lose their first eight, which they would. <laughs> then they're done. <laughs> like, like, the thing I don't know, this is, what it, this is how evil these people are in terms of what they want to do to football. Is that they waited until the semi-finals of of both European competitions this season? They sat there and they waited. They knew about this for ages, and they waited for the biggest moment to do it. And they jumped on the fact that Arsenal, United, Real Madrid, Man City, Chelsea—is there one more in the semi-finals? Um, oh, who cares? Like they waited until that moment. <laughs> And then decided, oh, we're going to strike now because we we have all the cards in our hands because we're in all the semi-finals. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Cancel their competitions? Like, or yeah, they probably are. Or <laughs> or or you know, bring the quarter-final teams back. You know, let's go again. Buying PSG again. You know, have like another jumble of the games. Give us Porto. And have them face the other team, and you know, buy in PSG finals again. I think that works. Nah, you already lost. Nah. Well, well, ultimately, the twelve clubs that have separated are the losers because, well, not really. They're gonna earn a shitload of money, but who cares? Ultimately, because what do your games mean, anyways? What do your games mean? You know, who wants to watch Manchester United versus? You know, AC Milan when both are near the bottom of the table and there's no way they're going to win. You know, like, who would care? Yeah, I, that's why I don't understand their point that, oh, we just want there to be more competition. <laughs> and their idea is that they think, oh, well, we're all 12 great clubs. So they're going to be they're going to be 28 incredible matches for each each club. And it's like, dude, I just watched two legs of United v AC Milan. It was rubbish. <laughs> Like, it was it was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't understand what makes them think. And that's the idea of the like oh shorter matches, then everyone's going to attack more. 
the, on, the only like, thing no, I want. That's not how this yeah. sport works. <laughs> the only thing I want is the, the inaugural game. You know, there's so much pomp. There's so much circumstance. You know, there's all these fireworks. Like, you know, that the first like, opening day, they're just going to like go all out and make, make it this whole event. I want the game to be nil-nil. <laughs> Nothing happening. Just passing around the middle. Like, I don't... Because they want it to be an American system. And again, I just go back to the same point. Why not just make a giant tournament in the summer to play all around America? Like, we, we've seen American fans absolutely love it. Remember when Man United played Real Madrid there and over 100,000 yeah. people went to watch? Yeah. Like, so Americans obviously love it. Just go do that in the summer. Like, then European... us Like, the European fans... And the Indian fan. Like, we don't have to watch your bullshit. Like, we don't... I don't care about those pre-season tournaments, but Americans apparently absolutely love it. The only thing I cared about was that Ashley Young ripped Real Madrid apart in that match, <laughs> which was weird. But other than that, like, you can make tons of money out of doing that. And I think, ultimately, that's what they've seen, is that we all know that these pre these middle of the pre-season tournaments have skyrocketed in value like they have you make a crazy amount of money from doing that in a very short amount of time so they just want to turn that into a yearly actual competitive thing um, where everyone just makes a nice a nice slice of pie the entire time but so many clubs have already said no yeah which makes me think i don't really see I can see it happening for a couple of years at this point. That's what and I then said. When no one else joins. That's what <laughs> I, I said that when because the thing is the system works when there is a certain level of meritocracy to it, which there there is none in this case, and there is no repercussions to it. It's yeah. not really well thought out. I think it's very idealistic for them, but yeah, I don't think it works. I think that they are going to obviously sit down with UEFA again because ultimately these clubs are worth a lot to to their leagues yeah. and to European competition. Like you take these twelve out, and really, as you say, it's going to be buying VPSG yeah, every yeah. Se- every single year, and it's going to get and that Champions League. The Champions League does need something to kind of throw some more life into it a little bit at times, and like their idea of just adding four more teams i don't think that's the best idea either like i don't see why something that's a bit watered down at the moment needs more water added to it mm-hmm. but there's everyone still needs to be on the same page or it's not competition like the this whole european super league say so it's not it's, it's not a competition it's a parade of our riches like it might as well just be a giant parade what do you think mm. about the ucr reforms then what for the Champions League? Yeah, I don't like it. Say, so I've not been the biggest fan of the Champions League and the Europa League and the way they've been set up for a while. I think they are dull. They have, as I said earlier, like you do need to having new ideas and making changes to try and keep things fresh are a good idea. I don't think this idea is the best idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a bit more boring. And I do think in the Champions League. In particular, there has been this way to set up to make sure the biggest clubs have the best chance to be in the latter stages. 
because it's better for UEFA if Barcelona or Bayern, PSG, etc., are in those quarters and semi-finals. Mm-hmm. So, I still think I still think my idea is the best idea of just get rid of the pots. <laughs> I think instantly that makes things better. Kinda, kind. Well, it makes it more fun, but I mean, like the idea of having so a few more champions in there. Like we know the Scottish champions are going to get a group stage spot uh, from next season. Like that's good because it's called the Champions League. But I don't, I don't know. But back to the kind of the European Super League and that they are going to sit down with UEFA again. I don't think UEFA are going to kick them out of anything. Would you uh, like to because, see that happen? Yeah, but yeah. I don't see how it works. And the other thing is, it's difficult because your reaction is to, well, punish the club. Or punish the clubs, but it's not the clubs that are doing this. And also, I think, ultimately, these guys want to break away and do their own competition. If you say to them, well, we're kicking you out of our competition, they're going to go, well, yeah, we don't want to be in it anyway. That's why we've done this. And um, so I think there's a little, it's slightly redundant. Mm-hmm. And also, I think breaking football this season more when it's just been broken is not the way to go. Um, unless UEFA can come together very quickly and throw together another another tournament for people and the winner faces PSG in the final. Like, that could be a cool way of doing it. Yeah. I think PSG... If you're going to kick them out, PSG should get that final spot because they're the last one left. Yeah, for sure. Um, they should be in the finals already and then the rest kind of compete to get there. Yes, yeah, something like that might be cool. And you could just throw some people... Bayern. Some people in there. Yeah, we, we get it. You lost. <laughs> but <laughs> or maybe Bayern shouldn't be in there because PSG beat them already. Yeah, I just thought maybe that. Maybe it should I, be everyone I just else. So, but then again, you don't know who who, who the hell's left. Like it'd be Dortmund against Porto, Leicester, Liverpool. It'll be no, no Liverpool are leaving. So it'll, yeah, it'll be yeah. You have to have a match between Dortmund and Porto, and the winner faces PSG. That's the only one that kind of makes sense. And the winner faces Leicester. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know because th- th- there's a way to do it, but they could do that they could throw that together very quickly and it could be a big show-off event because if they pull it off and it goes great guns and no one gets covid then it kind of makes the super league people look like dicks again uh but yeah i think a compromise will be met i think this has been a big flex of the muscles for the most thing i think they've shown they can do it but ultimately they're gonna want to sit down with uefa and Really, we know what these people want. They want a bigger slice of money. So if you wait for open their purse strings, then there may be a compromise can be met. They keep arguing, saying, oh, it's too late. The contracts is, the contracts are already written. It's like, yeah, but it's a contract between you 12. If you 12 agree with what you wait for doing, then these contracts could be torn up. Like, no money has changed hands yet. No, but then you say that. Um, I agree with that. But if the UEFA people go to make the changes for the elite, then that's kind of unfair as well. Well, it obviously has to be an it has to be an agreement. If an agreement can't be reached, then you know what? Then it's done and it's over. But ultimately, the biggest the biggest winners are are those guys who are getting all the money, and 
the losers of everyone else it's the fans it's it's everybody else who mm-hmm. kind of just want to watch their club play football and they're saying it's to get more viewers but again we've already said it just creates so many more dead games not just in the super league but in the leagues they're saying oh we still want to be in a domestic league it's like well, why why do you want to be in in the domestic league as well like mm-hmm. you could say oh well it's to fight for the league title but then if you don't if you're not competing for the league title let's say after 20 games united are 20 points off top then that's 18 dead games for united <laughs> and then because then you would think oh well logically then that means they're not doing well in the super league so that's another what 15 dead games you're telling me everyone's gonna sit and watch 33 meaningless united matches like and everyone can make the joke oh there's been loads of those over the years like (laughs) the the most recent years we've watched hundreds of them but yeah but there's not even like the hunt and the hunt for top four as I've already stressed on previous podcasts I don't like top all of top four getting into Champions League but it's still on the other side it gave meaning to a lot of seasons for a lot of clubs where they weren't anywhere near the league title like West Ham fans must be absolutely loving this season like sure they're competing for a fourth or third and blah 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 that's not the winners or whatever but it's been so many meaningful matches for those guys where they've had years of absolute tripe so Klopp's right like Klopp said last night he loves the fact that West Ham could be in the Champions League and when it's something like that, you go, yeah, the Champions League model does work because you've got West Ham possibly making it. And Leicester. Like, Leicester are still doing well. Like, but like this weekend, we've got the League Cup final this weekend. Spurs and City. What's the point? Yeah, it's all it just, a mess, basically. It just made everything feel dead. Yes. Speaking of... Uh, not speaking of dead, but speaking of the, the game between Spurs and City, Mourinho has been sacked. And an odd timing, considering that they do go up against City this week. But it did feel like it was going to happen sooner or, sooner or later. But what do you think about the sacking of the the sacked one now? Or the special one? But yeah. What do you think? I don't think I don't think anyone can be massively surprised. Like yeah. the immediate thing was that people had said, "Oh, he refused to take training because uh, of the Super BS. League." But then a lot of reliable journalists have said, "No, he's been sacked because of results." But what do you think about that? Because why would they sack him? It doesn't make sense to sack him right now. I think it does. Now it's before a final, they're not going to win it. Like, what? The thing what? Is, why not? They played such. They've played such dead football recently, and we're using the word dead a lot, so I'm going to stop doing that. Very stale football for a long time now. Rigor mortis had set in. Yeah, right. it, it had in a massive way, like outside of Harry Kane, somehow still scoring goals in that side. Like, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing there. Like, mm. I think a move needed to be made, and if they'd made contact with their next potential manager and they'd started putting things in place, I think all they're hoping is at this point, is a new manager bounce to get in there. Someone with a bit more of an attack-minded approach. I don't know what Ryan Mason and... I can't remember the other guy's name. 
So sorry to him, but it's it's those two. Um, is it Chris Powell? I don't know. I think it might be, but I might be wrong on that. Like maybe they've just got a more an attack-minded approach, but they needed something. And there were there were loads of rumors today that players had gone to speak to Daniel Levy about <laughs> Mourinho and that he had lost a dressing room and that. You could say it's odd timing before a final and it's Jose in a final and whatever, but there's no evidence that that Spurs side were going anywhere. They, they've, they've not hard to watch is too, too visceral a term, but people have been throwing it around. They're just dull. like, And it's not even dull where you can see there's a plan there. It's dull because everyone is, as we said in the last podcast, everyone is stuck in their zone when we were talking about Atletico Madrid. Um, who they clearly listened to the podcast because they won 5 0 at the weekend. <laughs> um, everyone's just stuck with no ideas. No one's pushing on. No one's attacking. They're, they didn't play particularly well against Everton. Their second half against us was disastrous. And they're, they're losing the last minute goal against Newcastle, I thought that was it. Uh, myself, when Newcastle got that late equaliser, I was like, Jose's done. Mm-hmm. But they hung on for a couple more games and nothing got better. The top four hopes, not that it matters, have uh, kind of slowly disappeared, and they're just they're mid-table. And that's it. When you got when you got Song and Harry Kane and Lucas and Gareth Bale and then Dombele and Lacelso and players like that, you should not be mid-table. Well, well let's talk about that because. Mourinho did make these players better. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, and Dombele wasn't having a great time before Mourinho. And he did turn him into uh, a great player in the midfield. I mean, he, yeah, well, he, he kind of... Yeah, he, he kind of did. I think and Dombele, he didn't get much of a chance under Maurizio Pochettino. But I don't... Th- like, Deli Alley, career has fallen off a cliff under Mourinho. Uh, no, you cannot say that. He was... He was losing getting the squad. He was losing it before Mourinho. No. Mourinho at least like got him to go a bit for for like a how couple, he didn't play him for a couple games, yes, and and for then two games, yes. A player like Deli Ali, he's not like, that good. Let's be honest, he's okay. He he had a great time, but then he really burnt out. You're being absolutely harsh. Next, you're going to call him old at twenty five. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but like let's be honest, like he had a great start in the league, and then there was a point where it kind of did fall apart for him, and then. So your point, where you just said, "Oh, Jose Mourinho made the players better," only works to the players that you are thinking of. No, so when no, I include it's Deli Ali, it's who no. Jose Mourinho barely used, you can't make everyone better. You can't make everyone better, but then he why made... did you say that? No, but he why made Hoybier. He made the players better. He made Hoybier better. He made Ndombele better. Made... He made. You can't pick a player that you just signed. <laughs> he, you know, but he's playing he incredibly playing well great under him. Southampton. I mean, but he's playing incredibly well. That does matter. And then Son and Kane had an incredible connection. Like, yes, you go back to. Like... Yeah, Jose invented that. No, but like they had a great connection, <laughs> and the counter-attacking style was working for them in November, December. They were top of the league. Then. Defensively, they were a rock at one ago. point. Like, he got Eric Dyer to play well in, 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 in defense before it fell apart. But for, for a while, they were playing very well. I well, think your, at key some point, point, your key point is there is before it fell apart. 
Yeah, but <laughs> the players have to take some responsibility for the falling apart, is what I'm saying. Yes, the manager, uh, like he, Mourinho does what he does. But if the players buy into it, it works. We have seen it work when the players buy into it, but so many players don't buy into it. That's the point. Then why is that? The, like, if, if you're coming in there and you're telling these players to do, do this, do that, and it's not working, and you refuse to change your style, and we, we've seen it, like, generally Spurs have an incredibly negative approach, and at the start of the season, you're right, they would get a goal, and then they would cling on for dear life. But now, they concede first, and they're done. Yes, so but... So if, if Jose won't change his tactic, won't, won't go for it, how's that on the players? Because they are no, buying into what he's doing, because he's doing what they want to do, but it doesn't work. I, th- I think it's a mix of both. I think he does need to switch things up, but we know he doesn't. They've won one of their last six. Yes, he does need to switch things up, and his philosophy of reactive football really turned into a static way of playing, and I get that. But the players also need to understand that the style was working at one point, and when Mourinho didn't change, you know that the style worked before. Maybe it could work again. It's a bit of both. That is... Sorry, that is the stupidest thing you've ever said. (laughs) So do the styles not work? If the style's working, you've got to buy into it. But when it's not working, you need to continue to buy into it. (laughs) Because the match is not going to change it. So if your pen runs out of ink, do you just keep writing with it? (laughs) If it's not working and the manager won't change, he doesn't have a plan B. We've said it numerous times about so many managers, they don't have a plan B. Jose doesn't have a plan B. His plan B was to allow the players to attack in the final five minutes when they're already down. Like, that was it. Okay, okay, fine. Let's go back a couple months. When Bale had that little run that got everyone clamouring where he was scoring and the team was playing free-flowing attack. It just has fallen apart in the last month or so, a couple months or so. But there is enough there, even in this season, to say that it hasn't been all doom and gloom. It hasn't okay, all so been... It's, it's the 20th of April, so let's go back two months ago <laughs> to, to February, as you just said. Okay, they lost to Chelsea, they beat West Brom, they lost to Everton, they lost to Man City, they beat Wolfsburger, they lost to West Ham, they beat Wolfsburger, and they ended the month by beating Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 happened after? What happened right after? Well, right right after that they then won three before losing two, one of those to Dynamo Zagreb where they gave up right. a two nil yeah. lead in the Europa League. I think they I then think that... beat Villa no, no. drew with Newcastle, lost to us, drew with Everton. See I see that's the, the that game, the Dynamo Zagreb game, I think that's where things are like, Okay, now they're falling apart. Until then they were hanging on. So No, even even when you go to the end of twenty twenty Yeah. Like they won they won one game. They beat Stoke. Stoke? In the, in the EFL Cup. Right. Before that, they drew with Palace, lost to Liverpool, lost to Leicester. Then opened the year by drawing with Wolves. Like, people were saying, oh, they went an incredible run. Yeah, it was very short and sweet. Like, their results have been so mixed. It's, it's, like, it's crazy. It's not good enough. But 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 it's it's a mix of players and the manager is what I'm saying. 
I don't even think you believe that. <laughs> of course I do. So anyway, you, you think it's just Mourinho and his uh, staleness in terms of tactics. That's let me, t- let me tell you something about this thing called history. Yeah. Like yeah, you can make exceptions for for certain managers yeah. when things like some sacking seem harsh. But look at the way Jose has ended all his tenures at every single club he's ever worked at. But that's his nature. That's the way he works as a manager. Well, so, so Spurs just need to forgive that and just go, nah, it's just Jose no, being you, Jose. You, okay, you're telling me his this season or his recent run has been so bad that... He has never lost so many league games in a I season. I understand that. But has it been so bad that you sack yes. him... M- before a finals with a few games left in the league to get Ryan Mason? Well, wh- why not? Like, <laughs> because... the, the, Jose and all his staff have been re- got relieved of their duties. Yeah. So they're giving someone, they're giving someone a shot until the end of the season. I get that. Who, know, who knows the club. Right. Now. And then they're going right. to, look, no manager is going to take the job this late in the season. Of course. So, so you hold on so with the manager that's already there. Why? So everything, but everything's a disaster. The players hate him. <laughs> like, if this was, if if Jose was at Bayern and this was going, oh, you would be yeah. crying for blood. <laughs> yeah. You would be calling for him to be sacked. You'd be flying to Germany to join some nonsense protest against him. Like, if the players don't like him and the players aren't happy, I agree, I get that. I get and that. he's not letting the players express themselves, which he's not. And it's looking, it looks exactly the same as every tenure has ever ended at any of his clubs. Then why not give someone else a chance? The season's gone. Because, no, no, it's not gone. That's the thing. They haven't won a trophy since 2008. And Manchester City have not been looking great recently. They had a loss against Leeds. 10-man lead. Leeds. And then against Chelsea, they lost. They didn't look great. There's no Kevin De Bruyne. And... You know he is a guy who can get performances done in the finals. We know he has the winning mentality. Why not keep him for at least the end of the season? That's my that's my only point. Because it's the same. It's, it's what's going on in the club. It's the players. The players just don't like him. If they don't want to play for him, I get that. And the results are so bad. I don't see why giving someone else a chance is such a bad thing. Like if it had reached a point where it's it's not. They cannot keep going like this. Then okay. yeah, it's time for him to go. You could say, "Oh well, he's going to do the final," but if the, they, you know how they're going to play. They're going to sit back. They're not great defensively. They're not very well organized. They're going to hope for a counter attack. And like looking at their recent results, they're either going to get spanked or they're going to throw away a lead. <laughs> like those are the only two options for Spurs at the minute. Like, okay, fair. So. Yeah, why why not give someone else a chance? Fair, fair. We don't know what Ryan Mason and yeah. uh, Chris true, Power true, like true, true. as coaches. And Jose's history of just annoying everybody to the point of where they hate him. Like, we had it... You talk about old Deli Ali, he's rubbish, why was Jose playing? I didn't Jose say that. Also fought, Jose also thought Luke Shaw was rubbish. Yes. And refused to play him. Like... Yeah. So he, he's got a history of also being wrong about people. Yeah. And if this is what these players need, then why not go for it? Fair. Without Harry Kane, they would be nearly in the bottom three. They wouldn't be. Th- that's such horseshit. He's got 20-odd goals this season in a side that do not attack. What about but- Carlos Vinicius? 
Well, he doesn't score against anyone that's not a fucking plumber. Because he hasn't like... played against big teams yet. Oh, so suddenly it's because he hasn't played. Oh, when it's Deli Alley, it's he's not good enough. But when it's Carlos Vinicius, you really change your point. What on <laughs> earth has Carlos Vinicius done in his entire fucking career he scored to those... make you say that? He's, he scored those three goals, right? Like, in that one game? Yeah, t- two of them were, like, against part-timers. He has played also. He was starting recently when Jose tried to play 4 4 2 and it was a pissing disaster. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, I think, yeah. So Mourinho's gone. Uh, we wish him well. We hope he comes back soon to, as a pundit or as. I don't know. I don't see who hires him. Like you were just talking about how great he is. Who hires him? Hmm. <laughs> Some some team in Serie A. I think he gets a Serie A job. I think that's all that's left. Yeah. I think AC Milan, if they cock up. Yeah. He seems like a guy that would also be one of the 109 people to have worked for both Milans. (laughs) It's not a special feat anymore. But, yeah. Speaking of another manager who... Will soon, not sack, but will be leaving uh, a great side is Hansi Flick. He came out after the game against... I don't know, they were a bit one-dimensional. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> such a kind. But... Well, I didn't say... I, I'm just quoting... I'm just quoting journalist Rahul Nani. That's Nani, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, he uh, said that he is going to leave... For him, I think the decision was always coming with his disagreements with uh, Hassan Salihamidzic, and yeah, it was. It kind of seemed like it was gonna happen after it was announced that Joachim Ler is gonna uh, step down because that job doesn't come often, and and if he wants that, then he should go and get it, considering that he's given everything he could to buy in that one season six trophies so I get it I, I hold nothing against him for it he gave the team an incredible few months and I'm appreciative of that but who comes next is the question because Nagelsmann has said that he uh, well he, he seemed committed to his current role at Leipzig and I'm not even going to think about Mourinho. I'm, I'm not even going to think about it. Uh, like, no. 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 Yeah, no. So, what do you think happens? And what do you think about this decision? First of all, I think with Mourinho, just the final point, him and Bayern, no, Bayern's too smooth an operation yeah. for Mourinho. Mourinho's too explosive, too emotional for Bayern. Yeah. Um, he, and Bayern aren't really a club that deal in drama. Like they kind of just get on with what they got to do, like what? their drama. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't get like this Hansi Flick making a, a nicely worded statement about how he's leaving is the most dramatic Bayern Munich get. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mourinho yeah, 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 just yeah. walking out of press conferences <laughs> would not, it wouldn't go down well. Like I think Bayern would just, would just, I think they would just cut him off immediately. You know, I don't think he would last six months. Um, but. With with Julian, I don't 
I don't really know. You feel like he's just a natural guy to progress yeah. just straight up to Bayern, but then there's been all sorts of other rumours of other clubs going in for him, and maybe he won't. Like you never know. It depends how loyal people are to to their clubs in in Germany. Like the ones that aren't so loyal do tend to end up at Bayern. The ones that are like just love Dortmund or Leipzig or other clubs too much tend to not go. Um, but Hansi Flick, he had a, he had a great season. The moment that Germany job came up, um, he, he kind of just looked out the door. Yeah, like it, it started immediately. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. soon as. Uh, he announced he was going to leave. Uh, Flick was the guy. Like um, immediately, obviously, everyone went to Klopp, and Klopp was like, "No." So then everyone, <laughs> everyone went to Flick, and yeah, he's had a great time. I don't know, maybe it's such a short spell. I don't know whether he just feels like he's he's done everything that he wants yeah. to do, or whether he doesn't really like club management or what. But it's, both, it's yeah. a very short time. Yeah, I think it's a mix of all three that you know this job just comes. Because there's a big there needs to be it's not big but there's a, s- a semi big rebuild job needed at Bayern so maybe he just doesn't feel like he could be bothered um or something something like that or maybe he'll be back maybe he'll lead Germany to to world club glory maybe um and then he'll be back but i don't i don't really know who goes uh allegri is still out there oh no I, I always hear his name every time, every Allegri. job, every big job that gets, you know, opened up. Allegri, I think, no, no. Why? I don't know. Because you don't know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> you sat there with a guy who won so many trophies. Yeah, I get it. He, he, like, he no. has a winning record. I get that. But I don't know. It's, it has to be kind of like a fit for me. And I don't know if that's a good fit. Because you don't know anything about him. But that's, that's, Just uh, admit that, it. That's half the point. <laughs> knew it that's half the point I know he's a winning manager I, I know I, like, but yeah but what I don't know what do Bayern want other than a winning manager you want a winning manager I need to know but okay, I'm, you know what by the next you podcast I will have researched him. on him <laughs> and I will come back with a full scouting report and I will let you know if he's a good fit there you go he's <laughs> played good tuned. football it was the last time Juve played good football yeah I, I, I get that but and he stepped down in a very similar like in very similar way, he'd won everything he felt like he could win at the club. He actually got out at the right time, apparently. Because <laughs> like, ever since he left, it was Sarri scraped them to the league title, and now we're here. Yeah. So, <laughs> he obviously, <laughs> he obviously he knows when to jump out. Um, he yeah. plays a good brand of football. He got Juve, they, he got into a Champions League final and everything. So, who, who knows? But other than that, I don't really... I don't really no. Who would really go? Who would really go? They're out of Julian and Allegri. Who else is out there? Xabi Alonso. <laughs> no, he's, he's already saying this. Xabi Alonso. Jesus Christ. I would, you know, I know this will never happen. I know we've not heard anything from him in, in ages. But like someone like Philip Lahm, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe years down the line. Who knows? <sighs> fuck's sake i love to see that i love that image of him why you just want the photograph you know i want to see him manage a team he he has why because he has a mentality that's necessary and he understands this team you know it's a lot you know he understands this team he understands Bayern. he understands the dna of Bayern. he's a Bayern man 
God's sake. But yeah. Um, Guys, as a sports journalist, you know, it's fuck all about Allegri. <laughs> but knows the mentality of a man that's not a manager no one sec one sec I would like to correct those statements I know about Allegri I know you're really full of it today no F you one second I know why would you pick Philip Lamb you need to rebuild the squad so you're going to go to a guy with no experience not now I said ears down the line I literally said that well what's that got to do with this summer I don't know nothing. Just, just the fact. Like I'm telling him, get into management. Is what is my point? Like maybe he for, doesn't want it. I don't care. But but yeah, um, I know I'll agree. I, but I need to understand his playing style more. I get that he's a winning manager, and I get that he orchestrates a defense very well, and I get all that. But I want to see. Well, there how, you go. That's your biggest problem. You just said it. He orchestrates defense really well. He's just sorted your problem. Yes, but it also depends on how he attacks. Because when you look at Kovac and how he, like, fine, defense was not that much of an issue. Kovac is a couple points for the league and title right now, by the way. Doesn't matter, it's league on. The point is, when you talk about. Doesn't okay, matter, it's league on. Okay, I take that back. But yeah, he's doing great in league on. But for Bayern, when he was. It didn't fit stylistically because he was always having the wingers create the plays. The game was always around the wings. Uh, while Bayern's core is in the midfield, and that was completely wasted in, in, under him. That's my guys. Did you just notice? Um, this really feeds into my my point nicely. Do you notice how we would talk about Bayern need a new manager, but Rahul is so fixated on Kovac that he had to bring him up, disrespect the fact that he's got Monaco back in the top four of Liga. No, I and do not disrespect that. About him. That's a great After achievement. Suggesting Philip Lahm with no managerial experience <laughs> should be the next. Bayern manager not the next Bayern manager he should look into <laughs> management and we'll see how that goes because he has that Bayern DNA and maybe like five six years on the line he, he could be a good manager for Bayern, Bayern. regardless when it comes to Allegri I know he orchestrates a defense well and I know his game kind of revolves around creating from the midfield and but I still need to look into it to have a better idea that's what I'm saying that's okay. all I'm saying all right Take a deep breath. So, Hansi Flick is on his way out. I would like to see Nagelsmann take over. I will research an Allegri more in terms of how he attacks, and then I'll make a decision on that. Apart from that, congratulations to Kovac for what he's done in Liga. It's it's great. Secondly, when it comes to Mourinho, no for Bayern. I, 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 when He's I think, not even in the frame for the job. I don't even know why we're talking about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just because he got fired. I thought, let's just bring it up. Um, and also, when I think of you know Bayern and Mourinho, you know that meme? I'm not a meme guy at all, but you know that lady screaming at... <laughs> Such a fucking liar. <laughs> what, me? No, 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 no. Me? What, what, what are you on about? Such a lie. Me? You're what? the memeiest guy ever. <laughs> no, but I, not like actual memes. Like, I just make jokes. Such I'm not like, a lie. Oh, come on. You know, the lady screaming at the cat, the confused cat. I think that's what that dynamic would be. You know, he'd be the lady and Vine would be the cat. They'd be like, what's going on? Why are you screaming? You know? Anyways, the, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the European Super League is um, money grabbing, mess. But then again, so is the current system. So, uh, I mean, take your pick, I guess. But 
Yeah, that's all I have to say about the ramblings of football. Sure. What do you have to say then? Uh, I think we've covered everything. I don't really think there's anything going on. I think uh, Julian will probably take over at Bayern unless he likes Leipzig too much. Then it'll probably be Allegri. And yeah, that's kind of it. Super League sucks. It's a stupid idea. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. UA for a meeting literally as we record this. And uh, the guy in charge of FIFA is there. Infantino? Is that his name? Is it still him? I don't know. It seemed, I don't know. I kind of stopped keeping up after a while. Basically, there's a lot of white people in a room arguing about football. Right. I'm just going to look it up. Who's the FIFA president? Yeah, there's still Infantino. So, yeah, it's him. Fair. There you go. Yeah, so hopefully they come to a smart decision where they just kind of block it. I think I think if they go for the harsh kind of trying to alienate approach, it kind of just guarantees that it's going to happen. So they're going to have to take like a sensible, a, pr- a clever approach to this, where the door's still open for negotiation. Because you can't just cut the twelve off, or they're definitely going to do the Super League because they won't have a choice. So who knows? But it's disappointing. They have to toe the line well. Have to make yeah, sure. Yeah, toe the line, walk the line, be the line the line yeah do the line draw a line draw a line the do the line uh so yeah that should be everything covered nathan you can go plug yourself yeah you can find me at nathan greenaway you can find uh my usual ramblings at rogue opinions at rogue underscore opinion if you want to hear me talk about football uh the every single week i'm on plus added time on project dits it's at project d-i-t-s every saturday with my co-host dara and uh, I have a comedy scripted podcast, That In Sport. You can find it at That In Sport on Twitter or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a new episode coming out this weekend, so look forward to that. Otherwise, Rahul, this was great. Indeed, indeed. Um, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TC9Podcast. You can check out our website, uh, theconventional9.com, for articles on basketball, MMA, movies, football, everything. Um yeah, I wrote one recently on the Boston Celtics and how their season could go from here after their recent uh, run of form. And yeah, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You should be able to find the conventional nine and that should be everything. We'll be back soon. The next podcast will be about UFC I'm sure Nathan is excited. Uh, yeah, that'll be the crowd again. So that'll be oh, great. something. Yeah. Who's fighting? No, it's, yeah, it's Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. So okay. I don't know who that's fight. Ha- that's sure. This fight happened. Uh, well, Kamaru Usman is. I don't care. One of the- okay. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.